Welcome to the Hills Church Sermon Podcast. Located in El Dorado Hills, California, it is our mission to help others find and follow Jesus. We hope this message inspires, encourages, and uplifts you today. Friends, that's the heart of the message. That's the truth that we're celebrating today. That's the heart behind Easter. And the truth is this, Jesus was not just a man. He was God in the flesh. And when Jesus spoke, when Jesus speaks, everything that Jesus spoke to had to obey the voice of God because Jesus was God. The story of Easter is this. It's not just a fairy tale. It's not just something that mankind made up to make us feel a little happier or better about our lives. Friends, Easter, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, was the turning point in human history. We literally count our years by it right now, 2022 years after the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The Christian faith was not the result of careful planning or a development committee or a marketing team, not even close. It was the spontaneous overflow of joy. You see, those people that were closest to Jesus and believed that he was the Messiah, the savior of the world, When they saw him die, their hopes were dashed. There's no way he could be Messiah if he's dead. And yet they saw something. They saw something with their eyes that completely changed their minds. And when you see the one that you thought was dead, the one that you hoped would be the Savior, when you see him alive, something inside of their minds and their hearts clicked and they said, oh my gosh, it's all true. Everything he said, everything he told us, who he claimed to be, it's true. And they could not help themselves. When you see something like that, you got to tell somebody about it. When you see something like that, you can't keep it in. You got to be like, he's back. We've seen him with our own eyes. We've had breakfast with him by the sea. He is really alive. And friends, this news, this message that they all were carrying It didn't make them popular. No, it didn't gain them any social status or make them any new friends. In fact, it caused many of them to be hated and killed in the same way that Jesus was. They became outcasts. There was no benefit or gain for them in sharing this message or believing this truth. The only thing that, the only reason they would have done it is if it was true. Because they realized, man, if you take all of humanity's problems, and friends, we all got some problems and issues, amen? Welcome to Easter. Welcome to church. We're honest in here. Here's the truth of it all, man. We've got, we've got big problems. We've got little problems. We've got relationship problems, money problems, work problems, friend problems, marriage problems. You name it, we all got some issues, But if you piled them all up to the moon, all the issues that you face or that humanity faces, none of them compared to this one issue called death. Something we can't escape, it's something we can't avoid, it's something we don't like to think about or talk about, but it's true for all of us. And friends, here's what Christianity is. I don't know what you've been told, Maybe you were told, hey, Christianity is a list of rules, do's and don'ts, rights and wrongs. Maybe you've heard that Christianity is a message that you got to clean your act up and get your act together before you can come to God. 
But friends, that is not what Christianity is. You see, Christianity at its heart, at its core, is an announcement of what God did for you. Of what God did for you. It's not a list of demands about what you must do for God. It is an announcement about what God did for you. Thinking about an announcer. What does an announcer do? They tell you what's happened. That's the role. If you've seen any sporting event in the last year, you listen to the announcers as they tell you what's happening or what's happened. In case you didn't know, I'm, I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan. I'll give you an example of this. Um, go dogs! Big year for us. But I remember there was one of the games early in the year that I couldn't watch on TV. It wasn't televised because I live in California now, not Atlanta. So I had to listen to it on ESPN radio. And I was hanging on every word of the announcer. And I remember this one moment where he, he's giving us the play-by-play, and he says Stetson Bennett drops back into the pocket. He's looking long. He unleashes a bomb down the field. George Pickens catches it. He's taking off. Touchdown, Georgia. I got no Georgia fans in here. No one even felt that with me. <laughs> but I remember just thinking, gosh, the role of an announcer is just to tell you what's happened. And friends, Christianity is an announcement that God did something amazing for you, that he went to the cross, that he died, but even more amazing, he rose again from the dead. Nobody does that except God. And the reason he did it is so that you can be with him. You can come to new life. You can have the life that he experienced. Christianity is an announcement and an invitation. And it's a question. It's a simple invitation. It's all that God requires from you today. One question. Will you believe? Will you believe? Will you believe that Jesus is who he said he was? You see, Easter, friends, it's the point of the whole story. If you understand Easter, the fact that Jesus conquered death, then you understand the rest of the Bible. You understand the whole story. And friends, everything in your life, even the pain and the suffering and the problems you are facing, everything has new meaning and new hope if you realize that death doesn't get the final word, but Jesus does. It gives you strength to face the day no matter what you're facing. It gives you hope in the face of great hopelessness or fear. If there is no resurrection from the dead, if there is no life after death, Paul the apostle writes in 1 Corinthians, he says, then our faith is in vain. Then what we believe and what we say doesn't mean anything. But if it's real, if it's true, if Jesus defeated our greatest enemy, death, and has made a way for you to live forever, then you need to pause and consider it. You need to think about this. You have to ask yourself the honest question, will I believe? Do I believe that this happened? Friends, Easter is the key that unlocks the rest of the story and gives you meaning even for your life. It's kind of like this. How many of you think, if I gave you one sentence from a movie, that you could tell me what movie it is? We'll give it a shot. Kids, I'm going to need your help on this. Ogres are like onions. Good job. Okay, um, see if you get this one. I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. Come on, I need a little more from that. Elf, right? All right, here we go. I am Groot. 
Ladies, this one is for you. You had me at hello. None of you want to admit that you've seen that? Okay. Here's a fun one, my generation. You're killing me, Smalls. The greatest movie of all time. May the force be with you. Which one? All of them. Let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Hakuna Matata, what a wonderful phrase. You guys are amazing. One sentence and you could tell me the whole movie, the whole story. In fact, when you heard that sentence, you probably went back in your mind to the moment in the movie. You probably thought about the story. You thought about the whole thing. And friends, Christianity is like this. Easter is like this because Jesus said something. In John chapter 11, that summarizes the whole story. And if we understand this, what he said, then we will understand everything. And I think this will be up on the side screens, I hope. But Jesus said, in John 11, 25 to 26, he's talking to Martha. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet will he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. He asks, then he closes, do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe? You see, Christianity is not about a set of facts that you agree to. It's about personal pronouns. Do you believe that Jesus died for you? Have you received it for yourself? Do you believe he rose from the dead because he loves you and wants to give you new life? It's about your heart and him. It's not about agreeing to a set of facts. It's about personal belief and faith. And this is one of the most important lines Jesus ever said. If you understand what Jesus says when he says, I am the resurrection, I am the life. I am life. If you don't have me, you don't have life. If you don't have me by faith, then you will not have new life, resurrection. But we have to understand the rest of it. We have to understand the context in which he said this. What was the moment at which he says this? And to understand the story around this statement, it's absolutely stunning. You see, it starts in John 11, and the chapter opens up. Before we get to Jesus telling people that he's the resurrection and the life, here's where the story starts. It says, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. So the two sisters went to Jesus telling him, Lord, the one you love, your dear friend, is very sick. Our brother, he's sick, Jesus. But when Jesus heard about it, he said in verse 4, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. So although Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for two more days. What? I mean, imagine this moment, right? Mary and Martha are, are by their dying brother, Lazarus. He is hanging on by a thread. He is on death's doorstep. And they can do nothing for him. They've tried everything to make him better, but he's not getting better. He's getting worse. And they thought, man, there's only one person we know of alive on earth right now who could heal our brother, who could help Lazarus. It's Jesus. We've seen him do miracles. They were friends with Jesus. They said, we got to go find Jesus. We know he's down by the Jordan River. we we got to go, Lazarus. Hang on. We're going to get Jesus. 
And they rush to him. It's about a day's journey away from Bethany to the Jordan. So for a, an entire day, they travel, they search for him, and they find him. They come to him and they say, Jesus, Lazarus, our brother, the one you love, your friend is sick, he's dying. Please come and help him, will you come? And Jesus says, no. No, Jesus, did you hear us? Like, he's really sick. He's about to die. Like, I, I, know, I know you said that this sickness will not end in death, but you weren't with him yesterday morning. He's about to die. He says, I'm not going with you. I'm going to be here two more days. But Jesus, we need you. You're his only hope. I know. I need to stay here two more days. Mary and Martha rush back, and we learn a few verses later that when they got back, Lazarus was already dead. You see, when Jesus arrives in Bethany a few days later, four days later, it says this, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. What does that mean? That means when Mary and Martha left to go find Jesus, within a few hours of them leaving, their brother was already dead. So by the time they got to Jesus and they said, Jesus, we need you to come and heal him, he was gone. And Jesus knew that. So Jesus said, I'm not coming right now. I'm going to stay here two more days, and then I'm going to come. On the fourth day, I'll be there. Jesus had a reason for doing that. You see, in the Jewish tradition, the spirit did not leave the body. Somebody was not officially dead until day three. So he goes, I'm going to make sure you don't misunderstand what I'm about to do. I want to make sure that you realize that Lazarus wasn't just sleeping we'll get to that in a minute, but that he was all the way gone. He was all the way gone. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna arrive on day four. Chapter 11, verse 11, he tells his disciples, he says, we're going to Bethany, we're going to Judea, which is right next to Jerusalem. Bethany is in the backyard of Jerusalem. And the disciples said to Jesus, they're like, Jesus, uh, not a good plan, actually a really bad plan. Not sure if you remember this, Jesus, but just a few days ago, we were in Judea, right next to Bethany, and they tried to kill you by throwing rocks at your head. A lot of them, big rocks, and there was a lot of people that were really angry. We probably shouldn't go that way. And Jesus says to his disciples in verse 11, he goes, but our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I go to awaken him. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll soon get better. He's gonna wake up. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So imagine the disciples. They're always a few steps behind Jesus. If you read the Gospels, you'll see that. Makes me feel really good about myself. But they're like, Jesus, why are we going to risk our life, but more importantly, your life? You're the Messiah. We need you to stay alive by going to Bethany to wake up Lazarus from a nap. Who likes to get woken up from a nap? Just let the guy sleep. He's going to be fine. Jesus goes, no, I'm going to tell you plainly, he's dead. Okay, he's died. That's why I'm going, to wake him up. I imagine the disciples then responding with, well, if he's dead, there's really no point in going. Like, maybe you could have helped him before that moment, Jesus, but he's gone now. Let's definitely not risk your life or ours for a dead guy. Not a good plan, bro. They probably didn't call Jesus bro. Maybe they did, I don't know. But Jesus goes and they follow. 
when he comes to Bethany, there's a great commotion, there's great sadness. Many of the Jewish leaders from the city of Jerusalem had come out to mourn with Mary and Martha the death of Lazarus. So there was a very large crowd gathered in Bethany to mourn for Lazarus. And Martha came up to Jesus in verse 21. And she said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. You could have healed him. And I don't think she was saying that to shame Jesus. She realized by the time that they got back to Lazarus, he had already been dead. So even by the time they got there, they hadn't gotten to Jesus on time. But she's still saying, if you were here, you could have healed him. And Jesus responded to her. He said, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, yes, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. You see, they believe, the Jewish people believe, and the Christians believe. Christians believe that when Jesus returns, when God comes back to make the new heavens and the new earth, that we're all going to rise. All of us will be raised to new life and go before the throne of God. And so she's saying, yeah, I know he's going to rise on that day, Jesus. Now it's right here in the midst of this mourning, this wailing, this commotion, the whole town is around and Martha comes to him and she's having this conversation and Jesus says, he's gonna rise, Martha, it's gonna be okay, I'm here. And she goes, I know, I know that's gonna happen one day, but he's dead, Jesus. And then into this entire situation, this is where Jesus says to her where we started, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet will he live. And everyone who believes, everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Martha, do you get it? You still don't understand who I am or why I've come. I am God in the flesh, and I'm here to deal with something far bigger than you can imagine. Lazarus doesn't need to wait till the last day to come back to life because I'm here. I'm the resurrection, I'm the life. Where I am, there is life and death has to obey my voice. I always get the final word. I'm the author of life, I'm the word of God. Jesus is saying, he's expressing to her by saying I am the resurrection and the life. He said, I'm the beginning and the end. I was there in the beginning with the Father when we spoke the world into existence, when we created, created humans from the dust of the earth. I was there, and in the beginning, Martha, there was no death. There was no sickness, there was no mourning, there was no sorrow, there was no pain. So everywhere I go on this earth, Martha, I'm giving people a glimpse of what it was like in the beginning and where we're headed in the future. That's why wherever I go, I heal sickness. I tell lame, crippled men and women to get up and walk. I, I heal those who are afflicted with leprosy. I cause the blind to see, the deaf to hear. I even cause the storms to stop. And Martha, I know you're sad right now. I know you don't understand what I'm saying to you, but I am the resurrection and the life. And where I go, the dead will rise. In verse 33 to 35, Jesus saw Martha's sister Mary weeping. He saw the other people wailing with her, and Jesus wept himself. And a deep anger, listen to this, anger welled up inside of Jesus. A deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. And he says to them, where have you laid him? 
Where'd you put Lazarus? And I think it's amazing, all the commentators agree. They ask the question, why was Jesus angry? What was he angry about? And it's really clear, he was angry at death. He said, it's not supposed to be this way. I'm here to reverse that curse. I've lost another loved one to death. It's not supposed to be this way. And this righteous anger welled up within Jesus. And he goes, where have you put him? Take me there. I'm here to show the world that I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me can have new life and will never die. The the Father has sent me here for one reason, to deal with sin, death, and Satan. That's why I've come. I'm here to say at the end of the day, to death, let my people go forever. Jesus is alive. He says, I'm here to offer everlasting life, abundant and full, life that will never end. And so they lead Jesus to the tomb. Everyone's wondering, what are you gonna do there? Why are we taking you to where we've laid Lazarus' body? And he says, roll the stone away. And Martha goes, don't do that. Hold on, Jesus, no. Martha tells him no. She's like, he's been in there four days, Jesus, it's gonna smell bad. Like, don't do that. And Jesus looks at Martha and he says to her, he says, did I not tell you If you believed, you would see the glory of God. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying, I am the glory of God. I am God in the flesh. And look, if you believe, you're going to see me for who I am right now. You're going to see me for who I am right now. So go ahead and roll the stone away. I need to deal with death. I need to show you that I'm the resurrection and the life. I need to show you why I've come. Verse 43, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus! Come out. I imagine the whole crowd is just like, what's going to happen? I imagine them staring into this dark tomb, wondering, is it either this guy's crazy or he's God? One of the two, there's no real in between here. Uh, We're going to see what happens next. I'd love to know, like, how long it took. Verse 44 and the dead man came out. His hands and feet bound in grave clothes and his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told them, unbind him and let him go. Unbind him and let him go. Friends, even death has to obey Jesus. That's the point of Easter. And what Jesus is saying is, Mary, Martha, Hills Church, everyone, don't you understand it now? I am the resurrection and the life. What I've done here for Lazarus, I want to do for you. It's not just so you have this cool story or you saw me do something powerful. It's because I want you to believe in me personally so that what happened to Lazarus can happen first in your soul. The life of God will enter your soul when you believe in Jesus and your dead soul will come to life. Christianity is an announcement, friend, that God has conquered death, and it's available to you. His eternal, everlasting life that will never end or die is available to you by faith. The work has been done. You don't have to get your act together. You don't have to clean up your life. You just come to him, say thank you, and receive it by faith. And then something begins to change inside of you. Something begins to get set free inside of you. Maybe you've believed the lie. 
that you can never be free from your past, from what you've done or what's been done to you. Never be free from your inadequacies, from your addictions, from from those things that you want to put behind you but you can't seem to get rid of. They always seem to weigh you back down, pull you back. But God says, no, you don't have to stay in that grave. On the cross, Jesus paid it all, and I've given you your receipt. I've given you the receipt that proves to you it's been paid for, and you can enter into new life. I've given you a receipt that said, I've paid for this and you'll never have to pay again. And that receipt was Jesus Christ raised from the dead. The receipt is Easter. Easter is the proof that it's been paid in full, that death has been dealt with. Stick with me here. The keys can come out for this. We're closing with this. But I love Costco. I love everything about Costco. It's an awesome place except for one thing. Maybe you have this experience too. It's the only store I go to where they won't let you out unless you show them the receipt. I have a Costco receipt right here, signed by a faithful Costco receipt checker. And I tell you what, every time I'm at Costco, I have a little panic moment because it's the only store I go to where I have to show someone my receipt before they let me leave. And I never remember that. For some reason, when I'm in line, I never remember that fact. And so they hand me the receipt, and I, like, toss it into my cart, and it falls into some little crack between the bananas and the broccoli or wherever it is. And I just start strolling out, and then I see the receipt person. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I need the receipt. Because otherwise, I'm going to get there, I'm going to try and leave, and they're like, hold on. Let me see the receipt. I need proof that this has been paid for. I need proof that it's been paid for and you'll never have to pay it again if you give it proof. And depending on the receipt checker, some of them are detailed, you know? They're like looking in, checking item by item. Others are like, check, go on. But you gotta show them the receipt. And friends, here's the truth. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, God put a stamp over your entire life. A stamp with just three simple words paid in full, paid in full. He put a stamp over the pages of history of all the brokenness and the pain and the sorrow of humanity. He says, I paid for it in full. I think about my own life and ever since I became a Christian, I, I've just journaled often, if not every day, often. And there are many days that I read back in my journals and I'm excited at what God's doing or what's happened in my life, but there's a lot of days where I'd say, man, I hope no one ever reads this page. Man, I really failed as a father today. I failed as a husband today. I failed as a leader today. Man, I'm still dealing with this, which I wish I wasn't dealing with anymore. I have a lot of days in my own personal life where I'm like, man, it's a journey. There's a lot of grave clothes that I'm still kind of dealing with. But the beauty of Easter is God says, hey, let me see that journal real quick. Show me the worst page. Paid in full. Oh, that one? That was a bad day. Paid in full. Oh, man. You definitely don't want anyone to read this, Jonathan, but I paid for it in full. And I proved it to you because I overcame death. Now will you believe and experience the joy of new life, experience the life of God in your soul that sets you on a new trajectory, softens your heart, produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. 
gives you a whole new perspective of whatever you're walking through. And the invitation today, the announcement today is that, friends, all of us are going to face, face death. All of us are going to come face to face with that moment. And when you face the end, whenever that may be, you want an advocate. You want somebody on your side that when he speaks, even death obeys. Because death could not hold him. Friends, if you're here today and you would say, I'm still in the grave. I've never put my faith in Jesus Christ. I've never experienced the love of God, the life of God in my soul. I want to pray with you right now. I want to invite you to believe right now. And I want to, I want to encourage everyone in the room to do this because this is a, a personal moment between you and God. But I want to ask everyone just to, to bow your heads and close your eyes. And then I want to invite anybody in here who's never made that step of faith or belief in your heart to raise your hand. And I want to pray with you. I want to lead you in a prayer. Yeah, thank you. And here's the deal. Jesus is calling to you, come out. Step into new life. Step into the life that I have won for you. And I want to encourage you right now to pray. I'm going to lead you in this, but this has to be a prayer from your heart to him. And just start by saying, Jesus, thank you. Tell him in your heart, I love you. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. In your heart, say to him, Lord, I believe you didn't just die for the world, you died for me personally. And tell him, Lord, I believe that you rose from the dead. And I, I believe, Lord, that your life can become my life. I believe that by faith in you, I can receive the new life of Christ. And in your heart, say, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my life. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Friends, we're gonna sing one more song and then we're gonna close, but I wanna encourage you, if you prayed that prayer, to fill out a next steps card, we want to connect with you, give you a gift, give you a Bible, give you some resources to help you on this journey of faith. When we come out of the grave in our own souls, we still got grave clothes on and we got things that we have to journey through together. And I want to say, don't walk this road alone. But right now, we're going to close out this Easter morning with one final anthem of praise. Y'all ready to sing real loud? Let's stand to our feet and let's worship the risen King. Thank you for listening to the Hills Church Sermon Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you haven't already, give us a rating so we know how this has impacted your journey with God. To learn more about us, visit our website at hills.church. We'll see you next time.